Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Granada Blitz 323. Today in the house, we're going to have the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks, as well as we have two no-joke football huddles. And today we have legendary IWFL WFA uh, legendary quarterback. That is Laura Cantu. She'll be in here talking about her new clothing line, She Cantu, and how she uh, it will make an impact there. We're also going to be diving in in about an hour to the Sin City Trojans as they get prepared for this June 6th scrimmage against the West Texas Seahawks. So we're going to have Coach Devon Jones in the house, as well as uh, quarterback Lexi DeMeo in the house. They're going to be talking about the matchup here and everything that's going to be happening this weekend, Saturday, June June 6th. And that's a non-WFA matchup. So we're looking forward to that uh, matchup as well. As everybody's aware uh, this last week, we had the uh, George Floyd tragedy pretty much hit home for everybody in general, um, especially on social media, uh, mass media, everything that happened of the incident that happened um, is a tragedy in itself. It's really just a situation where um, a, bunk, a bunch of rogue cops just completely over the line. And unfortunately, you know, their accountability was lacking to begin with in Minneapolis, per se. So there's a lot of questions as to why we would even allow uh, an individual uh, that would completely suppress and murder somebody, especially on video. Uh, I don't know where that individual's head is, but unfortunately that person had a really dark heart because that is just totally uncalled for. It is not what is normal protocol for police protocol. And I can tell you from uh, being a former MP and having friends in, you know, SWAT teams and police environment, it is not the first thing that you would do is to pin down an individual for more than two seconds. Uh, You should be able to suppress somebody if they're in a situation where they are being uh, aggressive. Once you get under control there, you either have to handcuff them or put them under some sort of calm state to figure out what the situation is to remedy it. Uh, I think the worst case scenario here is the fact that there was other peers, other police officers in the scene that did nothing, nothing to either say something, nothing to physically remove uh, the police officer that obviously took uh, advantage and eventually killed uh, George Floyd. It's a situation where really none of these four individuals had any intention of saving a life. All their intention was to obviously uh, create some punishment, reality, and ultimately it was death. So they don't deserve any real uh, anything at this point. They, they deserve what they're going to get. And obviously, they probably deserve more. That's the reason that, you know, everybody's outraged, uh, specifically, you know, more so anything uh, the black uh, African-American community, 
is really outraged because this is something that keeps happening over and over and over. It is not a situation that has been fixed, addressed, or even dealt with. Uh, You have various presidencies. We've had, what, almost four different presidents. Nobody's been able to get a hold of this. Nobody's been able to address it. Um, We had, obviously, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, bring attention to it on a national media scale in terms of a sporting type of situation. Uh, Nobody pretty much listened at this point. There's also issues where, I mean, what are you going to do in terms of correcting things? Tell you something right now that I am sort of like in a rage, livid, okay? These situations do not happen anywhere in the country if local officials are held accountable. Okay, local officials are accountable for this. Each community, each mayor, each city council, okay, each governor, each county representative, okay, all these people are the ones that need to be held accountable for that community being what it is. There was a pattern of harassment. And if you go back and research the one police officer's accounts and you research the other cops' accounts, okay? If you have a rogue group in your squad, in your platoon, as we would have it in the military, okay, it is your duty, okay, as a officer or a soldier, okay, if somebody has gone rogue and decided to take things into their own hands, it is your responsibility to not allow it to happen. When that happens, these folks have become terrorists number one. They have infiltrated what you call justice and safety. They have literally violated it. And if you just stand there and don't mention it because you don't want to get yourself involved or you don't want to get yourself shot or you don't want your family to have some consequences, okay, the reality is in the end somebody is going to die because you don't want to speak up. Just the way it is. So you're going to either stand up and take some lickings or fire, or you're going to let it happen and other people are going to die when they shouldn't have died. Okay, accountability start. Okay, I've, I was told by one of my sergeants before when we were in combat, when we were in patrolling at the Rodney King riot for 15 to 20 days, okay, the reality was when we were there, the Los Angeles Police Department had abused their authority. And I don't mean the whole squad, and I don't mean the whole department. But you do have a small percentage of the police force, whether it be 20, 30 percent, whatever you want to name it, that have gone into a situation where they feel the badge has given them uh, authority to be above the law. This is not accountability. This is just stupidity. So the bottom line is the police chief in this precinct ultimately responsible for George Floyd's death because the cop had previous violations of violations of almost 18 violations. How do you allow an individual to move forward after one violation? Because if you vetted this person, you would assume that this person is no longer worthy of community service, number one, no longer worthy of retaining justice and servicing the community and keeping it safe because he's a threat now. How do you even say that he can go back to work? 
the police union in itself, failure. There's a member in your union that should have been addressed. There's a black eye on this individual. If this person was given the benefit of the doubt, the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 18th, you have failed. You have failed as a membership, as a union, because then you just not only failed this cop's stupidity, but you've allowed the rest of the cops to have a black eye on themselves. It's just wrong. Wrong is the word. It is absurd. It is stupidity. And when you have city council people that are the oversight of the police and they have not audited this type of squad, then you have allowed this murder to sit. So you have, you have blood on your hands. You can call out the president. You can call out the Congress. You can call out the governor. You can call out anybody you want to call above you. But when you go to the mirror, the mayor says you are ultimately responsible for this. You need to be held accountable. So Minneapolis, force of the Minneapolis police force, all the officers in that department, in that precinct, in that community, okay, those officers, those people that did not address this cop and the four other rogue cops, okay, you have blood on your hands. You are responsible for national rioting. You are responsible now for national looting. You are responsible for now for the outrage that every black American feels right now because you did not speak up, okay? You failed your own membership. You failed your own kind. You failed in general to do community service. So I I don't know where to go at this point, but I'm going to tell you right now, racism and violence is not the answer, but ultimately accountability starts local. I posted it on my Facebook page. Everybody says, what are you talking about? I am talking about accountability. We go to the voting poll every so often, two years, four years, okay? The politicians in this country, whether you're Democrat or Republican, all they're going to tell you is what you want to hear. We're going to fix this. We're going to do this. It's really good scripture. It's something that comes out of a college script book, okay? In the end, we, if you want to stop this, if you want to take it to another level, you have to hold them accountable before they get reelected, before they go back into voting mode, okay? What have you done? Where is your grade? Is it a D, an F? Is it a C? Because if it's a C, a D, and an F, you should just take yourself off the ballot and let somebody else want to deal with these issues uh the salty one mackenzie brooks in here um mackenzie um i don't know i'm i'm like just you know i'm just disgusted at this point at the fact that the minneapolis community i don't talk about the people but the the squad the precinct the city council everybody failed they failed this guy had red flags all over him okay and the other cops we haven't even dubbed into them so I don't know. This is this is just bad. It's pretty bad. And now you have a national crisis because of their their lack of accountability. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, man. Well, let me just preface my comments by stating this: um, not all cops are bad cops. Not all police precincts are failing. There are, however those 
that one or two or point five percent that doesn't get the job done. In this case, that would be that would be our current our our current suspect and are apprehended. I mean, this, but you know what? I don't Mackenzie? I really don't have any work. Mackenzie. Mackenzie, if you say five percent, that's too many. That means you know he had a strike. A citizen said, "Hey, this guy was overly aggressive and abusive to me, or whatever the case." You got you. You have to be reassessed, right? If it becomes a situation oh, where it's one time, if it's one time, I, I'm okay giving somebody a pass for one time, because you can make a mistake of being overly aggressive or whatever you got to do, right? But 18 Absolutely. times, that is ridiculous. That means there's no oversight. That means nobody cared. That means ultimately the city council turned a blind eye. Ultimately, the police chief, this one and the, and the one before that, and the one 17 years before that, turn a blind eye. What an injustice. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm about tapped out on this subject for the day, mainly for the plain fact that I just started my own open forum show called Good Day USA, hosted by yours truly, Mackenzie Brooks, the salty one. And we literally covered this topic today, and I covered this topic on Saturday when I did my first episode. And it, it really comes down to this, is there's absolutely crooked people in the system. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. people also need to realize is that – and we, I literally just talked about this topic about an hour and a half ago, about maybe two hours ago, that – and I had – on my show I had – cop on my show like and he was on there explaining and talking and giving his points of view and he literally said things would be easier if people would just comply instead of just you know automatically jumping to conclusions and i'm not saying that's what happened with with george floyd that's not what i'm saying at all i'm saying in general hold hold on i'm saying in general i will tell you mac i was i I don't it, it doesn't matter okay if it was if it was like Okay, a counterfeit bill, as an example, because that's what probably is the case, right? You get caught counterfeiting a bill, right? It doesn't deserve that you get slammed to the ground and a knee put over your head, okay? It doesn't deserve that. It's a conversation. It's something you put in a, in a police squad. You handcuff the guy and you move on. I think this was vengeance. I mean, that's just my opinion. There was some sort of personal issue there. And the, the sad part, more so than anything... I understand your point that there's not not every you know not the whole precinct's bad, but the responsibility does lie on the whole precinct because this is one of their as own I was as causes, as I was saying know? though Oscar what as I was saying what people don't realize is the reason some things happen like this and like I said I'm not condoning this thing that knows me knows exactly how I feel about it in the same respect you have to look at the opposition like we don't know the details other than what we've seen on video and what has been reported. Who knows if they had another encounter before? Again, I'm not condoning it. I'm just stating there's literally, there's so many sides of the story that we don't even know. Like, and and that goes for the other 18, 17, 16 cases. Should those, should all of those other cases been dismissed or been ignored? Hell no. Absolutely not. Not, not a chance. But what people like I said, I had I had a I had a real life cop on my show today and he literally explained to me that some of this has to do with the culture 
not not so right. much black white, but the culture that the white the culture and lifestyles that are equated with the behaviors. Not this don't have anything to do with George Floyd. This just has literally to do with the view of of, of officers. Right is what I'm saying. No, I mean I so, I saw it firsthand in Los Angeles when I was at the Rodney King riots personally, and and, and it's really it's really what it is. It's just really. You know, some some of them will feel above the law, and then they take it a, a step further. They just assume nobody's going to know, nobody's going to say anything. Um, you know, but the reality is, you know, this was not a case. If you go by protocol, every officer was uh, so unnecessary. And then the other officers standing there not doing anything. If we just go by the video only standing right now, because like you said, we have no other details at this point because everything else is still unvolving. But the bottom line is, you know, not even the other uh, three cops nearby, you know, decided to step in and go, hey, lay off of them. Go ahead and handcuff them. Let's take, you know, let's take them in the question. You know what I mean? The normal process of a protocol. It didn't happen. And so that's why, you know, you, you, you put a black eye on everybody else. But I, I just think internally, you know when there's, you know, bad cops. And if you don't want to speak up, and there's, there's a fear for your family, number one. Number two, there's a fear that you're going to get probably ousted because that happens sometimes, and that's reality, or the fact that you just stay silent and hopefully it doesn't happen again, and here we go, it's some horrible incident does happen. Well, absolutely, and like I said, so, so here's the other part to, to this entire situation is what, we, what we've seen on video is Mr. Floyd being apprehended on the ground with extra force for mm-hmm. – Currently is an unknown reason. The autopsy came back. the The new autopsy, the the the, the most recent one, said it, he passed away from asphyxiation. Asphyxiation literally means strangulation of the airways, which means right. he was choked. His airways, his airwaves were blocked. There wasn't there wasn't enough oxygen getting to his airways. Yeah, constriction. And and for those other two cops to have you know, not follow suit or not follow through in terms of I can't, if he's literally laying there saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I'm like, hi, I'm, I'm not breathing, you guys are just going to let me, you know, and he's literally making an attempt to yell and scream for his life, that's where I have the issue. If you have one crook cup, then who knows what's wrong, what's going on with the group of them. That's my overall point as far as not all of them are all the same. Yes, all of them may have be crooked, or yes, 90% of them may have good intentions, you know, and intentions on holding up the um, the oath that they were given. Right. But let's and let's let's take it. Let's take something else for example here. The cop that was just standing there, that was making his attempt to block people's vision. What these four cops don't realize, including the person that was filming the damn thing, there was three other camera angles, three other street angles that were literally filming this as we it was happening. You know, the problem is they got caught red-handed. The problem is there's a probable cause. The issue here is, uh, you know, we can go on for probably an hour talking about it, but I just want to just say that as a former, you know, military guy that I am, former police guy that I am, okay, the protocol there was completely out of bounds. It is not called for. There was no need for him to put a knee and chokehold anybody, okay? That if you have an issue with somebody – if they're aggressive, you just, 
you know, overpower them for a, a temporary reason. You handcuff them and you take them in and get assessed and whatever you got to do. So, you know what? This individual, this cop, okay, is going to uh, receive the wrath of not just the Minneapolis community, but he's got the nation on his on on watch now. And if he thought that that was, you know, no big deal, well, big deal is coming, and he knows it. Three cops, their family members at this point pretty much already know that all that's going to come too. So, you know, I don't want to like sound vengeful on on the air, but I will tell you right now, karma. Karma is a B-I-T-C-H, and they will come to you. And you oh, will absolutely. There's, what there's, you're absolutely doing. there's absolutely nothing. There's absolutely – you're not, not wrong. You're completely right. There's nothing that I'm going to say or anybody else is going to say to disprove your point. What, what my problem is is why it took them so long to apprehend the, the, strangle, the strangling a cop. That's and what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The accountability was there. The mayor, the, 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 the police chief, everybody here has blood on their hands because they could have – the DA, I mean, we, I, I, we can go on for it, but, you know, obviously it's not a, you know, a political show at this point, so we're, you know, basically more of a sports show, but it is relevant at this point. Uh, the WFA spoke on it. We stand in solidarity against racism and violence when the members of our community hurt and we hurt. And then the WNFC made a formal statement as well. Uh, enough is enough, and so you can go uh, to the hub, check out the statements that both leagues made on there as well. Go into the huddle, Mac. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, the talented IWFL, WFA, uh, legendary quarterback, and that would be Laura Cantu at this point. So let's bring in Laura in in the house here. And, and uh, Laura, how you doing hey, today? Hey, how are you? Uh, we're a little heated. Frustrated, yeah, and a little disgusted, no, I guess, yeah. overall. So, uh, at this point, we're just, yeah, you know, absolutely. we're just venting, 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 venting. Yeah, no, understandable. You're here in Houston. We had our, we had our day full of, full of it. So, um, completely understandable. So, a lot of going on in this world right now, and hopefully things will, will turn, turn out to, you know, for the good. So. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, we, we just have a lot of perspective. Uh, everybody has different things to, you know, to work with. Um, you know, I live in California. We're pretty diverse. I mean, we have gang violence and we have certain hotbeds and stuff like that, but nothing compared, you know, in terms of that for a long, long time. I think the last incident here was probably the Rodney King riots and severity. But this, this just, you know, it's just kind of a reminder that, you know, there are bad people within any industry and those they do, you know, beyond what they're supposed to do, you know, just just wrong to do things. And hopefully, you know, they're going to be held accountable. I know the process takes right. a long time, and most people don't see it as a speedy, you know, speedy process. But ultimately, they're going to be dealt with. And um, I am hoping, you know, their families themselves right now, their you know, their loved ones themselves uh, are probably lashing out at them too for doing what they did because that's just so wrong. Right, right. No, I agree. Absolutely. So, Laura, let's go to brighter things. Um, time we talked, you were at the Houston Heat. Looking forward to WNFC 2020, which we obviously don't have because of COVID-19. Um, but you said, hey, uh, I got some stuff uh, in, in the works, and here we are. She can't do uh, apparel. So tell us a little bit about that concept, your idea, and all that. Yeah, so, I mean, of course, she can't do came branched off from my name, uh, Cantu. 
you know, after playing football for 16 years, um, I've always wanted to do something, kind of use my name, uh, put my name behind it, um, you know, because I played a sport that, of course, people don't believe women should or can play or uh, even coach for that matter. So, um, so yeah, you know, my mission with my clothing line um, is just to empower women uh, to achieve their full potential in, in sports, um, whether it be football or it could be anything, track, basketball, um, softball, um, anything. You know, my mission is just to bring um, – it's just to in- inspire – sorry, my dogs uh, – to inspire no, women fine. to become advocates, you know, to become advocates and leaders uh, and to bring recognition to women athletes. You know, um, I'm all about gender equality. Um, you know, I believe we're all we're all human. That's our race. That's our – you know, gender. And so, um, we all are capable of doing the same things, you know, depending on, you know, what we want to do. So, um, so yeah, so hopefully my brand, that's my, that's my mission is just to, uh, you know, use my brand to inspire people all around the world, um, just to, uh, become advocates, you know, and leaders. Uh, how did that come about, Laura? Did you just sit down and one day just say, Hey, I'm going to just going to start a clothing brand or was it just something you've been brainstorming for a long time? I've kind of been thinking about it for a while. You know, I wanted to go into training um, and I just didn't, I didn't take that route with my career. I went into marketing. Um, And so I just try to sit and think about other, other things that I could do. Um, Clothing is, is, you know, active wear is very popular. Um, You see women wearing leggings and, um, you know, workout gear, just throughout their days uh, more often than what we used to see back, you know, back in the day. So um, I, it just came to my mind, like clothing and how, uh, you know, we can, I can, I can brand this in the form that uh, can be, you know, pushed out on all different levels, whether it be to youth or men or women, you know. Um, yeah. So I just, it came up with the idea of a clothing line and, and just kind of took it from there and everything's just been growing ever since. All right. Did you get a partner involved here? Because you know, a lot of times you got to get a partner. Um, you got to get something like uh, you know, uh, Etsy, Shopify, Zazzle. There's always a partner involved in some sort of outsourcing. You also, you know, maybe sometimes yeah. you go local with the outsourcing. So, how was that about looking for those type of partners? Uh, it was super easy to set up. Um, I I do all my stuff um, through Shopify. I set up my website and all of that through there. You know, I registered my name with the state and so I could be official. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm using Shopify to do, you know, to run, to run my website right now. They do a, I'm working with Printful, which is a, um, a print on demand company uh, who prints all of my clothing once it's ordered. So I don't have to deal with inventory and all that stuff here um, until, you know, I can build, build more of a, a brand and, uh, you know, get more on my feet in that, in that form. So, but yeah, like Shopify does all my, all of the back end stuff. I do all the front end and, you know, present it out to everybody who visits my site and, uh, and they do the rest. All right. I'll return to easy and, a, and pretty easy to do. Return the labels, send the box back, all that good stuff. Yeah, returns are super easy um, as long as there aren't any damages to the clothing when we receive it back. Um, you know, we'll give you a f- full refund or you can, you know, or I can replace it with another item. 
Uh, we do have um, our grand opening this weekend, um, June 6th, which happens to be my dad's um, death anniversary. I lost him two years ago, and, um, you know, my dad inspired me to play football um, and to kind of come out of my shell and do something out of the normal. And um, so I picked my grand opening day to be on his death anniversary. Um, just to kind of dedicate it. I'm know, pretty sure he, he, was, he would be so proud. Yeah, just to dedicate that to him and the time and effort that he put into um, just helping me learn the game. And you know, I miss our days where we sat on the couch and watched football and talked about, you know, all that. And, you know, when I had the Wildcats, him coaching me and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, so I chose June 6th, which is going to be our launch. I am, I am right now selling some stuff online. Uh, people have bought, you know, a few items for me um, since I announced it back in May, but um, June 6th is, is my actual grand opening, which all of our items will be available. And um, I'll also be doing a 20% discount to, on all purchases and just a whole bunch of different sales on some of the products. Are you having a separate Facebook page, IG page, uh, totally separate, everything separate, right? Yeah. So uh, my Instagram page is at SheCan2Clothing, which um, – is my last name, she, and then C-A-N-T-U, clothing. Um, my Facebook is just she Cantu, uh, but Cantu ending in a, the number two, so it's she and then C-A-N and then the number two. Um, and my website is the shecantuclothing.com. Um, but I am on all both, all you know, Facebook and Instagram platforms right now. Are you scaling into a mass ad, ad event this coming weekend? Are you doing like Facebook uh, ads or yep. IG ads or sponsored ads? Yeah, and all so that I'm doing, stuff that goes into it? yeah, Instagram, I'm doing um, the sponsored ads. I have ads running on Facebook right now as well. And then also doing Snapchat. Snapchat seems to be like one of the more eventful ones. Cause I can put like a full video and stuff like that on there. And, um, you know, it's easier to grab somebody's attention that way. Um, so Snapchat is pulling in a lot for me. So that's been good. But, um, but yeah, I'm running ads on all, all those three platforms right now. Um, and, of course, my own Facebook page as well um, with some of the followers that I have from when I played. And a lot of my friends, me share it, and my family members who have also helped me share everything. So Everything unisex at this point, or is it uh, selectable colors? Is it different styles? I mean, we have like there's women, there's women and men um, and kids, and there's also unisex. Um, it all it, women have their own section, um, which is has a lot more clothing than the men and the uh, unisex size does right now. Um, but as I get more items in, I'll of course be adding to it. Um, but yeah, there's all there's women's unisex, men's and kids, and then of course we have our accessory section where you can get hats and backpacks and stuff like that as well what's the average cost are we talking about under 20 bucks for a simple item or are we into that 30 to 40 dollar range um so shirts run about 20 dollars um kids shirts are around 10 15 dollars um mm -hmm. and then the hats run about 20 25 just depending on if you choose the embroidery or if you choose just a simple print um there we have i have both options on there um uh the men's the men's performance shirts are 30. They run a little bit higher um, because of the performance, the, the type of clothing, I mean, the type of material that they use for that. 
Um, and then we have leggings um, and joggers that, that are 40. So those are a little bit higher, but they are great quality. I love the joggers. They're super comfortable. Um, I'm a, I could wear sports attire and tennis shoes every day if, um, you know, if I could. So those are definitely my pick. The joggers are, are, are great. And we have various colors. Is it just uh, black, white? Uh, can, do they come in like pastels or dark tones or? Yeah. So um, some of our some of our shirts are just black and white, uh, depending on the style. But we do have the options where you can um, select any color from red, you know, red, blue, green, purple. A lot of our tank tops um, are different colors. Um, you know, we have the purple and blue and green and orange and yellow. Um, those range in, you know, the whole color of the rainbow. But um, some shirts are just black and white, uh, just, you know, the simple logo on the front or on the back. Um, and the leggings as well um, right now are just black and white and gray. All right. Is it your audience uh, dominating female at this point? Is that your driven market? Because I know once you get going, yeah. like we've gotten so far, you get to point, you know, you get a percentage of, awareness like on your matrix for ig or facebook or snapchat you're going to get pretty much an idea of like to your uh you know your product you pretty much can know what the you know the demographic is going to be yeah it is women's right now um our women have been the most um that have been visiting my site and i think it's a mm-hmm. lot to do with the sheet and and my um in my in my name, um, I think it can get mis misconstrued that I only sell she clothing, but um, I do I do offer clothing for for everybody all ages, and um, I'm working to um, you know to push to even men you know like my dad like he was so he had me and my sister two daughters and he he was a girl dad you know like he like they refer to Kobe as you know so there are those guys out there that have daughters that play, play sports that you know. Um, and that can wear my gear, um, and wear it for their daughters, you know? So, um, I'm in the process of building a platform for that as well, uh, to push out to, um, girl dads and, and men, men as well. What is the limit on sizes? Cause I know in certain sites that you work with, like two X becomes the normal, uh, three X becomes a more of a special order, you know, four X and so forth. So is it up to two X, three X at this point in most garments? It actually goes up to Forex, and I offer it at the same okay. price uh, to me more to make it. Um, I, I still keep it at the same price because we're all built different. So in our search, it's right. not our fault that we're built like that. So um, the sizes range from extra small all the way up to Forex um, as, as our leggings and our sports bras and, and stuff like that does as well. Um, it's, it's full like the full, full range of sizes. All right, let me bring Mac in here to kind of pick your brain on this on your new brand here. She can't too. Hey, Laura, how you doing? Hey, girl, how are you? Good. You know, I was excited when Oscar said we were having you on the show because I'm like, man, I said Laura Cantu was, was when I started playing football. You were one of the first people I looked up to playing. So I'm like, oh my god, this is cool. Like, even though I've played with you on. Uh, all-star teams and played against you, I still get, like, kind of giddy. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) So just my first question is, is aside from playing football, was was starting your own business or kind of starting your own line something that you had always 
um, kind of envisioned yourself doing, or was it something that you were just like, um, you know, was it a skill that you um, later on developed while you were playing football? Like, you know, tell tell us more about the thought process and what you were thinking in terms of creating your own line. Yeah, so I've always had like a business savvy background. Like I've always been like my own little, you know, work hard and, and get what so I'm able to get what I want in life, you know. So um, I've always wanted to be like, you know, going to college and stuff. I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't, never really knew exactly what I wanted to do. And then so playing football opened up my mind to like a lot of things, you know, being around all the females, you know, that I played with, played against, um, you know, being, being in the spotlight on some, you know, with my, with the, with the team, the Wildcats and, and really like, you know, like you, like having people look up to me in a form that, um, you know, where if I, I took a stand, they took a stand as well, you know? So I was just, I, I literally just like sat down one night and this happened like right before quarantine. And I was just like, what can I do? You know, like, how can I, I've always wanted to use my name. I've talked about it with my friends for years because people are like, can too. I'm like, yeah, she can too, you know, like, but I never like, I just sat and actually thought about what I could do um, with it, you know, and then with my background of playing, playing football. And so, you know, I sat down one day and then it, it all just started coming to me and I was just like, well, do I want to train? Do I want to, you know, what do I, where do I want to, you know, what direction? And then um, I was actually wearing some leggings and actually a sports bra called She Fit and from She Fit, which are the best sports bras ever. Um, and uh, I was just like, why don't I start a clothing line? Like, you know, and, and, and get this apparel out to youth, you know, even if I just go to like youth camps and give my shirt out to, to the girls and to the boys and to the dads and, you know, go like I've, I've actually um, am the athletic director now for the Texas girls, um, tackle football league here in, in Texas that Keisha Smith is um, the uh, the president of. And so um, I teamed up with her as well and, 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 you know, like start, you know, pushing it out to these girls. And I was just like, you know, that's what I can do. And I can actually take a stand now and maybe bring, you know, awareness to gender equality in sports. Like, you know, people, I think people, I think I think if we just had enough if we had enough um presence of of you know of of like whether it be the media or anything like that to just get like these girls are talented people just don't know you know and if I can use my brand and my and my in my name to to really push that like and bring awareness to it like I'm down and so that's how everything just started coming together um and now I'm where I am so <laughs> Absolutely, you know it's it's always a it's a it's always going to be a longer process when it's something that you really want, you know, whether it's sports, football, you know, equality, and you know, in general, gender equality in sports. Like, if it's something you you know you truly believe in and you truly stand for, the process is always going to be longer, but it's going to be that much better when you get to that big you know that big destination or that final destination before you know, everything kind of pops off. So. Um, kudos to you because I know that was that must have been a lot to do, you know, while trying to keep up with off season, you know, preseason, regular season training, you know, and then now then becoming the athletic director um, for the tackle the girls tackle league down there. So I know it's been I know it's definitely been a process, but if I know one thing about you just from you know watching you play over the years and 
you know, having that having that opportunity to be on those all star teams with you is like is you're definitely not afraid of hard work. Like hard work is something that has been engraved, you know, with you, especially being a player and being as good as you are, you know, and, and being on some of the teams that you've been on, it's it's very you know, it's very much innate. So, you know, I just have to give props to you because that's not something easy to accomplish. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and it, it's going to take a little bit, you know, and I'm absolutely okay with it. Like you said, like, you know me, I'm I'm, I'm into – if I have to give away 5,000 shirts, I'm going to give away 5,000 shirts. You know, like if it takes me – whatever it is, you know, whatever whatever it takes, um, I'm willing to do it. But I really want to – I just want to bring that awareness, you know. It's just aware – not even so much to – like the women that we have coaching now, you know, in the NFL too as well. Like, I mean – we just they women deserve the same the same recognition you know and um like i said we're all human um gender race you know that's just that's just what they've tagged us with but um we're all human beings and we all deserve that so absolutely i mean you you couldn't be any more right than anything that i've you know been trying to explain you know explain to people you know me i'm very i don't really care for the most part what people have to say or think like I have a I have a point and I'm going to get any cost and if I want something to be heard I'm going to do my damnedest to do so and I think that's what you know that's what sets our sport apart from most of the other sports is that we don't have those um we don't have those you know big 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 time sponsors you know those huge accolades, stadiums, things like that. So we're literally having having to build on top of what we already have been for the next, you know, the past couple centuries and years and such. So I think now with um, you know the WNFC, you know, having the sponsorships we have, and then the WFA mm-hmm. still building on what they've been able to, and now you have your clothing line, and then with the start of this um, this new league, you know, every every literally everybody's game is literally being stepped up because. The, like the evolution in, equal, in awareness of women and girls playing, you know, gender bending sports, if you will, is literally skyrocketing, and and you know we kind of have to prepare prepare on the fly. So, and I think that's just a really great thing, you know, that you've been able to start your own line and still been able to keep true to who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's that's the important side to me. And like I, I thought about a lot whenever I sat down and really started putting things on paper because you know, get my logo together and just really trying to figure out just the foundation of this. But I really want to build on youth, um, you know, build my foundation off of that and, and really, really push for these girls that are, you know, these young, young girls that are coming up in sports. And I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity to, you know, connect with some parents on just Facebook that I didn't even know their daughter played football. And it doesn't even have to be football. It, it hits home with me because I played football, you know, as a girl, as a woman, um, for 16 years so you know stories like that hit home for me but um, you know it can be any sport um, which I recognize you know as well on my on my website um, but you know I just I just I, I feel like you know those the, the girls I mean if they feel like they can do it when they're 10 and 12 you know it just it makes it easier for them to do it as an adult you know so um, you know really just dive into the youth sports right now and and and, and push it Absolutely, you know that, that's what it is. You know, if you can, if you have, like I said, you have an idea. The best thing that anybody knows how to do to get their you know, their concept or their voice heard is to just push it. That's, I mean, that's really it. 
Um, mm-hmm. Just my last question for you is really, what is what do you kind of where do you kind of see yourself with um, your you know your clothing line officially drops you know on the sixth? Where do you kind of see yourself you know in two two years, five years, ten years? Uh, you know, are you looking to make it a global thing? Are you looking to you know, become like a Fortune 500 company? Like, what's your overall plan outside of um, the you know the awareness and making sure that your voice is heard. Yeah, I, I mean, right now, my I, I would say here in the next couple of years, I just really want my to just build a build a brand, you know, um, first and just really focus on on setting that foundation um, and, and just getting getting recognition just on a you know on a regular level. I think when the years to come, I can start you know partnering with women's teams and and just offering my clothing, you know, become sponsorships and stuff for some of these teams to where you know, um, I can build my brand in different states and like, then, you know, now it's nationwide and, and, you know, go from there. Um, five to 10 years from now, it's kind of, it's hard, it's hard for me to, to even see because I, I mean, I, I sit and I'll look at my website and I'm like, I just, I did this, you know, like it actually is coming to life. Mm-hmm. So it's all still new to me, you know, with the grand opening, you know, being on Saturday, it's all still fresh. And even, like I said, the website and, and just to have like some of my, some of my friends have already gotten their, some of their, you know, first deliveries have already went out. And so to see them in the gear, it's just like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Like it's actually happening. So mm-hmm. it's still kind of fresh to me and all. Um, I do, I do hope just the next couple of years, just to really just build some, you know, a, a solid foundation, um, and a good representation behind my name and, and, and hopefully, you know, really push my mission. And once people understand my mission, I think the rest will kind of fall into place. Absolutely. I mean, wow. <laughs> oh, I love this. <laughs> oh man. I'm excited for you. And I will be looking for that drop on June 6th. I can't wait. Thank you so much for, you know, being able to take time and uh, come on the on, on podcast with us. You know, I know, yeah, I I know you're a busy woman, and then having to, you know, make sure your own ties and everything are set, and then being able to balance, you know, making sure your clothing line is ready. You know, I just I appreciate. It. I know the the listeners and Oscar appreciate appreciate it. So I'm gonna send it back to him. Laura, keep being amazing. Okay, I love you, girl. Love you. Thank you so much. It was nice talking with you. You as well. So Laura, it drops on. Uh, you said this Saturday, June six. Is it? Uh, mountain time, six. What time? Pacific, oh, Eastern. So everybody... Midnight Central. Yeah, Midnight Central. Midnight Central. Um, yep, so that's when all the cells and everything hit um, and go into into action. So, uh, like so I said, twenty percent off your Is it up to twenty? You said. It yeah, it's a twenty. It automatically will take a twenty percent off of your entire purchase um, whenever mm-hmm. you go to um, to put your information in. Um, so yeah, it automatically takes it right off the top. And then if you enter free ship, which is F R F R E E S H I P, you can get free shipping as well on your, on all, on your entire order. Um, so I'm offering free the free shipping. shipping and- is it free shipping temporarily or is it going to be, you know, like a couple bucks? I'm doing it right now. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm doing it right now because of COVID, um, Sure, sure. Oh, the the warehouse is behind a little bit on um, printing all of our items because their staff is mm-hmm. they're lower they don't have as many people there right now. Um, but um, so I am offering that that free shipping is not going to go away. Um, the twenty percent will be on there um, on Saturday and Sunday. It'll run the entire weekend, and then if you join my newsletter, 
um, you put your email in when you visit my site, you'll get ten, you'll get a ten percent off code that you can use um, for in the future at any time for you know for purchases that aren't made during the weekend. All right, so you got some good deals happening this uh, this day. This drops a lot, large large selection. We were talking about in different styles plus uh, customized colors as well, and then you also added you know uh, up to plus sizes as well, up to four. Right, you said four X. Yes, four X. Mm-hmm. All right, so are you, are you excited? Are you like just to, you know Friday I am, comes? Like I was, yeah, like I was telling you know Mackenzie, I'm just like wow, it's all in front of me. Like it's actually happening, happening, you know, like some of my, like I said, some of my friends have their orders and they take their pictures in it. And it's just like, wow, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's happening. So I, I put a lot of time and, and work, a lot of sleep, sleepless nights, um, to build it. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's awesome. It's just good to see everything come together. So I'm super excited about this weekend and, um, just kind of let it run, you know, let it do it, let it, let it do its thing. So. All right. Um, any other news that we should know about besides she can't do, uh, you know, Houston heat, obviously the cancellation of the season here. Uh, other things you're in the work. You said the Texas girls football league as well, right? Um, I just joined their team as the athletic director. Um, just recently last week, um, or the week before last actually. Um, so I've only been with their team for a couple of weeks, but I'm super excited about that opportunity. Uh, we have a lot of great things coming in the works, um, this year and, and hopefully we'll get that rolling, rolling out in the spring of next year. So we were supposed to play or they were supposed to play this weekend. I mean, this, this spring, but of course COVID put a damper on that as well. So, um, but a lot of great things in the works for that as well. And I'm super excited and very honored to be part of that. Is it tackle uh, or is it flag? Is it, or is it both? It's tackle. Yeah, it's tackle. It's girls tackle. So it's like the Utah girls program. Yep. Yes. Just like that. So we're looking at high school as well or elementary, middle school. Um, It's just from, uh, I think it starts at seven and goes to seventeen or five to seventeen, maybe. I don't know the beginning, the beginning ages, um, but I do know it goes all the way up to seventeen years, years old. Okay. So. And that's yep. going to be a good thing because that's something that we have struggled, right? We've talked about at long, at length, in terms of a feeder system, the opportunity for girls to really, you know, dive into the sport early versus, you know, in their late twenties or you know later twenties. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to be great to have. And then Texas is like football heaven, so I guess that's right. <laughs> going to be great for you guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, we're super excited. We're, you know, putting teams together in seven different cities around Houston. So um, just slowly building and, and ready to, you know, get everything in place for next season. So, Are you guys uh, working, in with, working it in with the league as a partnership, like maybe the WNFC teams or anything like that, like Dallas or – are Houston at this point? Is there something in that works or local local high uh, high school programs? I mean, is there anything, or is it brainstorming still? I mean, I think it's a mixture of everything. Uh, you know, just about opportunity for us. Uh, we all we're all about growing and and trying to find ways that we can you know build a solid solid league here in Texas. Uh, right now, we're focused in Houston. We're not branching off to any major city you know in Texas. So. Houston is our main focus, but, um, I mean, just really, you know, marketing to, 
you know, a lot of the youth youth organizations um, around town and really pushing it there and just trying to, you know, um, bring in young athletes, um, you know, from there, uh, recruit them that way. So uh, word of mouth, social media, I mean, we're doing, we're doing all that as well, um, pushing, you know, pushing our efforts to, to bring people in. So, <clears throat> but we haven't uh, branched off outside. If you need any help from us, um, you know, let me know. And we can do some blast on our social sites and, and do what we got to do on stories on IG as well as on Facebook and all that stuff. So just, uh, you know, just give, send me a message and all that good stuff. And more than happy to do that. Uh, so congratulations on she, uh, she can Two launches this Saturday. And it's going to be a pretty, pretty awesome once it gets going and start generating some sales, as they say, uh, once you start doing that, it's going to be really exciting to go. Um, and then, you know, doing the, doing the marketing is going to be sort of a cup of tea for you anyway. So it's, kind of second nature in that sense right right i'm excited and um i appreciate all the support that i get moving forward so all right laura thank you for coming on appreciated uh looking forward to your launch on saturday um just uh we'll keep tabs on how it goes and uh, we'll end up reposting some of that on saturday as well so i really really appreciate it continued success wish you well um and like i said if you you know if you need to chime in again to you know kind of blast out some stuff you're more than welcome like i said awesome thanks so much thanks for talking with me tonight and the website again is is she can do clothing.com she can do clothing.com and you can go to she can to number two on facebook and at she can to apparel right on ig clothing clothing on instagram yep okay perfect all right thank you laura for coming in i know you're busy thanks for making the time and uh Continued success and looking forward to Saturday success. Awesome. Thanks so much. And you have a great night. Okay, Mac, there you go. Uh, legendary QB making some waves there in Houston, uh, her hometown, and where she became pretty much, you know, a, a go-to name. And now she's, you know, trying to make it herself in terms of a clothing line. So there you go. She's one of the OGs at least from when I started playing. And I just, I love to see people making advancements to better themselves in their game. So I'm just, I'm thrilled for her and I'm, I'm excited. Um, and I will be promoting the crap out of that line, just like I promote anything else that has to do with the advancement of women and sports. So I'm excited for her. I'm excited for this line. I, I'm just excited, you know, even though, 2020 has been pretty much null and void in terms of sports seasons, and, and you know it's pretty. Just say it, Max. 2020 at, sucks. You know, that's it. You know, 2020 sucks, but you know we always find a way to look at the positive side of things, and um, you know with you know with having Laura dropping her clothing line, and you know with all the announcements that the WNFC has made, the, the all the announcements the WFA has made, you know. Um, we're definitely heading in the best direction to make 2021 the best thing yet to come. I'm freaking pumped, Oscar. Yeah, I'm excited for her, actually, because, you know, she deserves it. She's been playing the sport for a long, long time, over 16 years. She's a, a true Hall of Famer. She's been an owner in various formats in terms of the sport. You know what I mean? So there's just a lot of things that she's really – 
put time and labor and money and, you know, you know, the, the whole drill that happens with women, uh, women's tackle football, you know, uh, the struggles, the, mm-hmm. you know, leveraging the mortgage at one point or another, you know, one or two times <laughs> as uh, Odessa will, will attest to. Um, so we've all, I think we've all done at some point for this sport, a lot of things that we've sacrificed a lot of money. We've put in a lot of time, right. And, and all that. But uh, I mean, ultimately it's not a sacrifice when you love something. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not, it's not something that you're, you're, you're having to sacrifice or to give up when it's something that, you know, you have a love and passion for. So I'm excited. Yes. So shout out to Laura and the, um, you know, her success. And we're looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be an awesome lunch. Uh, she's got Shopify going on there as well. Free shipping. You can't beat that. And so uh, we're looking forward to that as well. So we're going to go into the next huddle here. And in a couple of minutes here, we are going to be bringing in, obviously, the Sin City Trojans, who will play a non-WFA matchup uh, this June 6th in Vegas against the West Texas Seahawks. So in a, in a couple of minutes here, we're going to have Coach Devin Jones and quarterback and no-joke football uh, athlete Lexi DeMeo uh, coming in here to talk about Sin City Trojans and the matchup that's going to happen there. So um, let's uh, bring in a, a real good promo that somebody sent me. We're going to hype it up here until we get uh, the, the the next huddle going, but I think it's really cool and it's something we can amp up. And since we started this whole thing with tragedy, I think we just – and you guys are going to be pumped as we get ready for the Sin City Trojans to come in to the blitz. The worst. Expect greatness. Expect like oh. but if you're having withdrawals like we are you can check out uh, the WFA on for the fans and 11 sports on Thursday Friday or Saturdays you can get it on major um, platforms like Roku as well um, um, and so if you are missing it go to the women's football Alliance page there's going to be some previous games that were there already uh, WFA on, on for the fans and 11 sports so really really exciting you get to watch some of the previous seasons, some of the All-Star games, and things like that. If you're inclined, 
you can go to YouTube on our channel. You can subscribe there as well. And we have over, I don't know, I want to say over 2,000 hours or more of shared videos from women playing American football globally from Guam, Australia, Europe, America, South America, Canada, you name it. We got a bunch of stuff there from X-League to traditional NFL style to 999, 8-on-8, 7-on-7, full 11-on-11. So uh, you can go to the Gridiron Beauty's YouTube page. You can, like I said, share the videos there as well. Uh, you can, you know, just share them to your page or whatever you got to do or watch them and be enlightened. Um, we have over, I think, 10 years of content. So that's a lot of years. So you can go, you know, get your, get your popcorn and binge in and get ready and sit down. And so if you're missing any Netflix and you, you're tired of it, you know, Hulu, as an example, you can go to the YouTube channel at Great Iron Beauties as well. So um, it's, it's a lot of content. And a lot of it's, you know, from even Costa Rica, which is awesome. Uh, you know I love me some content, Oscar. You know, I really could just binge watch sports of any kind, especially football, and be completely satisfied for at least well, a while. We're going to be excited, too, because WFA weekend's coming up here, uh, I mean, for this weekend, which is not officially a WFA event in per se. It's going to be basically a scrimmage-type mentality. But, you know, for the, for the, for the Sin City Trojans and the West Texas um, Seahawks, it's pretty much a big deal because, like you said, with COVID, everything else, these girls are really – they're just itching to, to hit somebody this weekend on Saturday. So am I. I'm jealous. Very, very jealous, actually. Imagine the girls from Texas coming over just to get hit and on in Vegas, and then they're gonna they're gonna take their uh, drink hits right after the game in Vegas. Yeah, I, I'm trying. That's the yeah. I, I'm highly green with envy right now, to be honest. With Don't you. be salty, salty. They're they're just they're just out there. They're gonna just want to have fun. I mean, I would like to have fun as well, Oscar. You had fun this in Iowa this weekend on the street. <laughs> You're all sure. I had to share your video because it was it was nicely done. It was like very professionally done. It was great, very good perspective. But yeah, it was it's, it know, was kind of I bummer. Did, you know, I on the street in Iowa, and I'm like, what are you doing, Mac? And then I'm starting to look at it, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, so you're out there. Yeah, you know, I had to put myself into that into that that um, line of fire just so I, because the world, like, I mean, honestly, and I, I know we, you know, we kind of st- started with this topic, but I had to show, because I literally was out and we like, we were, you know, out to dinner and, you know, talking friends, family. Um, and I'm watching, I was literally watching an old school Yankees game on the TV. And I, I literally cussed because they switched the TV from the old Yankees game to the local news, and I'm like, this is not what I was watching. I was highly irritated. And then I had to stop, and I'm like, that looks like downtown Des Moines. I said, no, it's maybe like Chicago. And then across the ticker, it said Channel 13 News. I was like, town Des Moines. So I, like, packed up a car, and I'm like, okay, well, I got to go down there and see this. And then I get down there to the intersection, and sure enough, it was it was Riot City. And I was like, this is this is crazy. And like, I got close enough to the action to where I wasn't putting myself in direct harm, uh, you know, direct line of danger, but I was able to get my point across. 
I was, I'm, and I'm still, I'm still ashamed at this country right now. Awesome. Oh, don't get me started on the subject again, please. <sighs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I just saw you out there because it's really, that's what it was. I and mean, it's just like, we're going to burn down a whole country for one issue that we've gone, we've had for a long, long time. And really, like I said, it really starts in Minneapolis. And then, you know, if we want to make an issue of something, we need to start holding, you know, local people accountable. You know, politicians, like we said before, we got to start be vigilant about our own local communities because, you know, that's where it's, it hits home when you have a, a tragedy like that. You really have to start looking at those people, you know, and figure out, you know, what are they doing? You know, do they, you, cast their vote, you cast your vote for them, and what are they doing to remedy some of the concerns and issues that do exist, you know, as from police, police brutality to homelessness to, you know, other is, big issues in terms of health and environment and, you know, all that other stuff that comes into play. Job, but a lot of, you know, a lot of them feel like they go in the, in the, in the situation just to try to get some sort of pension plan and, you know, live off of it as, as they much. But uh, we, we, guys, we just got to be better. We got to be better. Absolutely. All right, I'm waiting for uh, the Sin City Torgens to come on here. I uh, should be here in a, in a minute or two. Um, Mac, uh, are, you, are you, like, excited for, like, you know, this whole, you know, WFLA draft? Uh, a lot of players on IG drafted to the WFA. We talked to the commissioner last weekend. Um, you know, he's pretty excited. Uh, the weekend of 17th through the 18th in Vegas. Um, it's just it's, It just seems like 21, like we talked about before, it's going to be a huge, huge thing because we're going to have three major leagues really vying for attention, and then one of them is promising to pay. So that's even, you know, one of those upper-level things, if that becomes true, as we talked about with Commissioner uh, Shelby. You know, you, I mean, you already know my take on, on everything mm-hmm. as far as the WFLA, you know. And, and for me, it's going to be – the tangibles like that. That's really what I'm looking for at this point. So, I mean, and I'm not, I'm, you know, doing my best not to knock, you know, knock what the WFLA has, you know, has in store. But like I said, with the WNFC, the WFA, the IWFL at one point, the USWFL um, have all been tangible or are still tangible. We still have yet to see the tangible. So if, and when, you know, this draft, this draft in Vegas happens is when I think most of the doubt will slowly start to go away. Yeah, but, you know, there's a lot of players very excited. So I, I think that's the, the the kicker there is that you have a lot of players really wishing, hoping that this is going to be something amazing because if it does become real, then, you know, it's just another level for the sport. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, is um, you know, the, the, our, our sport of, of football on a women's level is literally, it's, from, from the start in the 70s and even before then, it was already on a high level because women still to this day aren't looked at as, you know, needing to play football or being able to play football and being, being able to understand it. And that's what, that's what makes our game so much different and so much more, I'm not going to say more worth it, but essentially in a nutshell, more, you know, more worth 
you know, investing in because we know, you know, we know our limits, we know our strengths as far as being players and, and team. But what people don't realize is it's the same concept as what you would be watching as in the NFL or college. You know, that, that's just it. Is you have to invest, you have to be willing to invest in it for it to have a big result. And that's exactly what we're doing to this day. Yeah, no, and, and I think it's it's going to be really great because um, the I Fund Women grant for the reimaging supporting for WNFC uh, WNFC uh, it's really going to be huge to help them out as well. You got twenty teams there uh, projected to have thirty two teams in the WFL, WFLA, which I think only currently they only probably have I think up to ten if I'm correct. Um, and then you also have the WFA with the you know over fifty teams as well. So. Um, it's going to be one of those things where we should have enough content to kind of like pick and choose what we want to watch. And WNFC uh, was going to get on, I believe, on the platform, which is YouTube America. Uh, WFA is supposed to be uh, elevating themselves for the fans in 11 sports next season as well. And the WFLA is supposed to be announcing, you know, major as well as major broadcasting type of partners as well. So we still have a lot of news that we have to kind of dissect, but, uh, like I said, Super Summer is going to be coming up where we're going to be able to see uh, women's tackle football really front and center. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's, like I said, that's what's going to be the kicker is, you know, if and when the, w, the WFLA makes makes that first, you know, gets that first big tangible step to be successful and to be respected. I think that's what's going to be the, the key. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a waiting process, just like all the other leagues were. Yeah, and the good thing is that uh, we were not going to see, or we're going to see basically, the good thing is we're going to see some international flair in terms of what the WFLA has already promised here with some players coming from international realms. The concern is, we talked about football logistics, is you know how adaptable are they going to be, those players, that are doing 999, 797, 898, and now have to convert to 1111. It's really going to be interesting to see how that transitions over. And considering COVID, the way that it is right now, we have no idea if COVID's going to be around in January or late December when everybody's going to start to kick into training mode. And I'm talking about WNFC and probably WFA at this point. We don't know what the WFLA uh, you know, in terms of pre-training schedule is going to look like in terms of like 90 days prior to kickoff or you know, four months prior to kickoff. So um, I know for the other two leagues, they're ready to roll, and they're going to be ready to roll because they have already have some sort of consistency on it. For the WFLA, really it's going to be logistics. You know, football logistics is a question mark. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have, you couldn't have just hit it perfectly on those. I mean, you literally just took what I was going to say. I mean, but you're right. Like, we don't know how long the COVID-19 – is going to last, you know, we can just hope, you know, hope and, you know, send positive vibes that, you know, it's going to be able to, you know, cases are going to be able to go down and we're going to be able to start moving back into a direction of normality, if you will. Um, are you anticipating the NFL season to to be kind of a different type of, you know, season at this point? Do you feel like no no fans in the stands? Are we going to get, like, you know, what the WWE did in Florida, which is, you know, with WrestleMania, which is 
just going to just going to put it on TV and there's going to be nobody in in the stands primarily? Um I mean, it, honestly, it, it's hard to tell because it the NFL season it looks like it's projected to start on time as far as regular season games. So I think unless something major happens, you know, right before off season or in the middle of OTAs, I, I think I think the NFL season is going to be somewhat normal. I think what may happen is you know they may. Um, I think I do think fans are going to be able to attend games. I think it's going to be on a, a very strict basis kind of thing. Um, and who knows, they, they may they may just end up being like every other, you know, sports entity that's current, you know, like uh, like take the UFC, for example, they're holding, a, they're holding um, bouts and events without fans in the stands. So it's, it's more or less right now a TV, you know, TV rating, pay-per-view rating um, type of deal. But I think, I think fans, I think sports fans in general are more or less going to be thankful that there's going to be sports to be watched and to be had now, as opposed to the two, three months that we've just gone through without having anything. Yeah. And and I think it's going to be in a situation where, um, are we going to have like, you know, centralized, uh, like baseball's planning to do like in one state only, or are we going to have, you know, just in every state, it's going to be the same because of the fact that we have no fans. So it's just going to be just, you know, the players, I guess, on the field. Uh, it's going to be weird. If yeah, and I think I think at this point we're all used to, oh, this is weird or this is not normal or you know we're not accustomed to this, but we're we're more or less thankful that we still have that ability to have such a thing. I think that's what pe- that's what's going to you know, be the thing that, that does it for us as sports fans of humanity. No, I agree. And I, I don't know what the NBA or the NFL, I mean, the NHL is going to look like at this point. So given if they go before the NFL, um, I know the NBA has announced that they're probably going to go ahead and, you know, do like no fans in the stands. I don't know what the NHL is going to do, but overall I think we're, the expectation is probably we're not going to have any fans in the stands. Yeah, and and like I said, it, I think at this point, in order to start restoring what was a normality with having fans, you you essentially have to start without having fans. I think that's just that's going to be the precautionary thing to do right now until you know the World Health Organization and states' health organizations, you know, and um, the. Uh, um, the bigger governing health organizations themselves, you know, start to give a little bit more clearance, you know, more and more clearance for, you know, fans to return, um, you know, semi-proteins to return, things of that nature. Yeah, and the difficulty here is not going to be financial, I think. I think the difficulty here is we've been in COVID for so long. How are the players going to prepare? I mean, nobody's asked that question yet. How is the – preparedness right the OTAs was normally our concept during this you know summer season and then you get into late June July and you start to gel in some format and then you get the preseason going so you know you you're a player I mean the difficulties of gelling and communicating and obviously getting drills and everything put together that's going to be a challenge yeah and you know, and to be honest, I think having a like having a challenge or getting through 
some, you know, getting through an obstacle or, you know, some kind of ailment, if you will, is all part of that process that I would, you know, that we were just speaking with Laura about is that, you know, if it's something that, that is worth your time and your energy and something that you are passionate about, the, you know, adversity and the process and the grind is what is the part that you should enjoy the most. Not so much, you know, the overall end result. All, you know, it's awesome to get there. And yeah, like I'm finally here, you know, I'm, I'm done working hard for this small period of time and then it's right back to it, you know, to keep, to keep that going. So I think that's what the difference has been with everybody that's, you know, every athlete across the planet that has had, you know, to stop their season or stop their training, you know, as far as team aspect wise due to the COVID-19, I think that's what, I think that's what's going to make, you know, this, this, the starts of the new seasons and the remainders of the new season start to, um, you know, really come alive is that we've not been able to have it and not been able to train together and kind of think for so long it's almost like breaking a new habit and creating a new, creating a new one. Yeah, it's going to be tough to have to deal with, I, I don't know, about vendors. Um, you know, you got to deal with also at, at the same time uh, the off-season workouts is going to be crucial because do you fly them in? Are you going to centralize them? Uh, you know, six feet uh, social distancing. Is COVID going to be done? And no worry about COVID. Um, you know, all the medical issues or medical concerns, I would say, that you normally would not have in a non-COVID state, the NFL at this point really has to manage. Um, maybe, you know, when the NBA rolls and the NHL roll, maybe it's something they can follow and, uh, as a guide, but we're going to have to see what major sports does. Yeah, you know, and, and that, I think that's kind of what – Every you know every other I hate using the word smaller, but every other I guess the smaller is going to have like every other smaller entity based sport you know sport and club is kind of basing off of is what are the the you know the Power Five pro leagues doing? Yeah, and it's going to be an example of, like, how are they going to manage it? You know, is it, are we going to have vendors? You know what I mean? It's like, is it going to be an empty stadium? We're just going to have security guards? Uh, you know, uh, what are we going to have in terms of, like, an atmosphere is really what I'm looking at. We talked to Nate, like, a while back, and he was, you know, we were hoping, okay, X League was going to roll, right? And we were thinking, okay, if they roll, uh, um, you know, they don't have a big fanfare, in other words, like, you know, they have like probably 3,500 to 7,000 fans, which compared to major sports is pretty much a nothing. Um, but, you know, it turns out that he didn't want to do it. The, the owner decided, hey, just cut my losses now because he didn't want to play in front of like maybe an emptier stadium that he would have normally gotten. So that hurt him. But the NFL, I mean, like, I, like we said before, the NFL could probably muster a one-year loss with no intake in terms of fanfare because most of their money comes from TV and, uh, and major sponsors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that's kind of what it looks like. Um, the major sports entities are kind of looking to start with is, you know, we're going to have to get our revenue and such from um, merchandise and TV ratings and you know um, things of that nature. So that's that's where it's going to have to start, and then it's essentially going to have to, you know, this the, the the systems themselves are going to have to rebuild that 
you know, that structure to be able to bring the revenue back into the stands, you know, to the fans, ticket sales, things of that nature. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they manage finances, financials. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they, you know, structure the season, you know, in terms of, you know, bye weeks or is it going to be, you know, issues with airlines? It's going to be issues with bus rides. I mean, we have no idea at, the, at this point how all the logistics that normally would be, na- you know, second nature are going to work out, you know, uh, in terms of like, you know, we talked about Odessa with the WNFC. They they could have had a season if everything was lifted in certain states, but at the same time, like she said, you know, bus lines probably because of COVID not all working like they should. Airlines because of COVID probably not working like they should. So a lot of intangibles in that regard. So that's just the nature of the beast right now in this year. I just like it's like a horrible state for sports, and we always look forward to sports to give us some sort of like uh, you know uh, entertainment type of you know, out of reality check, in other words, you know, in terms of when it, when we go into too politically, ish, too many political issues or too many tragic or, you know, anything that has to do with an international flair that's not positive, we always look to sports to kind of give us that one little outlet where it takes us away from reality. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I mean, that's really, that's really it is, Having having our sports taken from us is, you know, was the reality that, oh, you know, a good portion of our life, at least those of us that are avid sports fans, avid athletes, just had it taken from us. And now we kind of, we kind of had to find different ways to cope, different ways to, you know, kind of get through this. And then, you know, the USC came back on uh, May 13th, May 14th, and I'm pretty, I'm almost positive it was one of the highest pay the highest paid prelim and pay-per-view during you know during this uh covid uh covid outbreak so you know having having the ufc or mma fights you know being able to come back under those strict you know having those strict restrictions and everything but at least it was it was a sport it was something that we could watch it was live it was happening so that's kind of where you know, that's kind of where all the other entities I feel like should either start to lean towards or at least look into. I, I don't know how the outcome is going to be in terms of, you know, the entertainment side of things on TV, how they're going to, you know, the, in, ter- in terms of the broadcasting, in terms of, you know, the stadiums and the atmosphere. It's just, I don't know. It, it, it just seems like a downer really, you know, and um, Carol Baskin for this once again, just, just a horrible COVID nineteen. Oh, Carol Baskin, I blame her. It is really this is really all her fault. I mean, I, I mean, she's out here feeding feeding people the tigers. Like, really, you need to get her life together before I have something to say. This is not this is just not cute. I don't know. Who, I don't know who she thought she's trying to impress, but we don't like it over here. Yeah, I don't know who she's trying to impress either, but it's not it's not being impressive here. Um, what do you think is going to happen in terms of like as we get down to July, August? I mean, in terms of the atmosphere, do you think the COVID is lifted? What I'm reading right now is they're just they're going by county assessment now, which is we 
what I've been saying for a long, long time. Now they're really assessing by county based on the per capita in terms of the, of the county. Um, they're going with the percent issue. And then obviously they're making decisions to reopen businesses that way because it's not a whole blanket country issue anymore. It's going to be more you know narrow-minded where you got to like narrow it down to a certain city, certain county to make, you know, make a situation where, okay, now we got to focus and help out that county or city because that's where the, some of the issues are. To be honest, I think, I think I'm going to have to stick with the, the going county by county um, because, you know, like I said, I mean, and like it's been this entire time, every state's numbers are different. Every county's numbers are different. Every town, province, things of that nature are all different. Um, and you know, there's also been there's also been word that June is supposed to be the you know the the the, the biggest peak for COVID nineteen. So you know, we kind of just have to go from there. Yeah, but I think it's more positives because if we start assessing by county, um, in other words, then it's it's re- really good for other counties. You know what I mean? People start to get normalized. They're their day-to-day go back to normal. You're not sheltered in place anymore. You're not, uh, you know, quarantined. Uh, you're able to, you know, make good judgments. Like, you know, my uh, one of my best friends who's a, a hairstylist, she just opened up yesterday here in California, and um, she was just tickled pink because, you know, this is her livelihood and stuff, and she's like, we're, we're, the, we're one of the most uh, cleanliness type of environment you can be in, you know, uh, cleaning the environment, you know, cleaning the booth, everything, you know, in terms of sanitation. And so to her, it was like, yeah, we, this is, this is good for us because now we're back to work, you know, and, and since they're obviously independent contractors, that's even, you know, one of those things where it's like, they just got to get back to work, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's, and I think that's really what it comes down to is, you know, talking people... about gyms too, uh, Mackenzie, you know, gyms are like, in the same boat right it's like you can do six six feet social distancing and set up the gym in a, in a way where it's still going to be conducive to where people can work out and at the same time it's like you know you might not have to wear a mask while you're in that one square as somebody had told me before this weekend uh it's a situation where as you work out because it actually hinders some of your workouts because you're breathing hard so it, as long as it's you're like six to seven feet away from somebody else it shouldn't be an issue where one person can work out by themselves in a square you know yeah, and that's and that's, I mean that's what I can't speak for other fitness you know fitness centers and gyms, but I just know the one that I work at personally. That's exactly what we have done is we have kept up with the social distancing concept of being able to you know have that maintain that six and you know those, that six feet apart concept and still have people be able to come in and work out and enjoy the gym and be able to go somewhere rather than being in their house. Yeah, and, and it's sad because most everybody is, a, you know, some sort of a fitness junkie, and we all just want to just go back to, you know, doing our workouts and things like that. I know everybody works out at home, and everybody probably got, you know, home gym set up at this point, but reality is, you know, we don't, we don't have that luxury in certain cities or towns, so a, a gym or a workout facility is probably the next best thing for you, and it's actually a second home because you get to, you know, mingle and, and interact with other people. Yeah, you know, in in I've had this conversation with a lot of people here in Iowa that, you know, 
you people can't stay cooped up in their houses forever. They like it's a it's a proven fact that people will clinically go insane if they don't have a social you know, a person to person interaction. And I think I think that's what people are starting to realize. Like, okay, yes, we still have to be cautious about you know COVID nineteen as far as you know if you're already sick or if you're already, you know compromised. All those factors that play in to you know the possible um, contraction of COVID nineteen. But in the same respect, humans are social beings. You know, being able to see somebody or look at somebody face to face or you know six feet apart. Um, literally does wonders for somebody's mental state. Um, you know, being in, in a house or home, looking at the same kinds of people or looking, you know, being surrounded for your family, by your family for a long period of time without being able to branch out from that daily routine is kind of unhealthy in a way. Yeah, and a lot of people treat that uh... – you know, I know I treat it as a release. You know, when you go to the gym, it's like, you know, you turn into a different animal because you're doing a lot of workouts in terms of whatever you're doing, leg work, or you're doing push-ups, sit-ups, you know, or you're going into machines, right? And so you do, you know, do routines and stuff like that. So a lot of people really, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, de-stressor in a lot of ways. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I mean, you hit it on the nose. And so a lot of people really dive into you know, the culture and then eating healthy, staying on, on, on check, somebody else checking up on you to make sure you're doing your thing and all that. Um, we talked about NFL quarterbacks last weekend. We talked about Dak Prescott. We talked about, you know, Mahomes. Um, you know, there's just a, a lot of things where people are going to get paid. This offseason is kind of strange because we have no idea whether they're going to play or not this year or not. And, in most uh, previous seasons, we would be so hyped and say, okay, he's going to get big money, and now he's got to produce in, you know, in uh, the, the fall and September. But we don't have that – I guess we don't have that anticipation this year. You know, and I think, to be honest, I think really the anticipation is just seeing if there's going to be a season. I think that's kind of what's keeping people – you know, first, first it was, that, and, in fact, we can even start before the UFC came back, you know, before they came back um, after their stint of being out with COVID um, was the NFL draft. You know, before before COVID, um, we had bowl games and colleges were starting to do their, their pro days and then, bang, COVID hits and everything gets kind of just um, obliterated, canceled out because of COVID. And then slowly we start seeing, you know, football talks again because the NFL draft was coming. I think the NFL draft was the first sign of that that initial re-anticipation of a sport of some kind being, you know, coming back, you know, some form of normality coming back. Oh, it was still, it was a virtual draft, but we still had, you know, the infamous draft music. We still had Roger Goodell and his corny <laughs> – the corny ways of being Roger Goodell and you know, introducing each you know, each of those draft picks in the first and second round, and you know, basically the the things that we were already accustomed to seeing just in a different light. And to be honest, I think people enjoyed the virtual draft more than you know trying to fight through all those crowds and going. I mean, yes, that's part of the experience, but I think people being able to see that in their own homes 
and being able to, you know, be broadcasted via Zoom, you know, behind, you know, behind Roger Goodell on his screen and seeing everything on Twitter and social media and seeing how much everybody was really interacting with it was keeping that anticipation up. Yeah, and that's, I think that's where, you know, we want to go this season is like, I, I, I wish it was normal, but it's not, but. I think that's where we're missing the whole thing. It's like hopefully the NBA does something special. Hopefully the NHL will do something special. Um, I was going to bring it up because one of my buddies, uh, we were just discussing it um, about, you know, two days ago, whatever. So, you know, Mac, Mariota going to Vegas, do you think it's going to push Carr? You know, at this point it's a two two type of deal. They give him, I think they gave him like, uh, what, uh, 17 point. Six, I believe, with about seven and a half guarantees to be a backup. So, do you think a Mariota scares Carr at this point if he doesn't do well at this point? Then they put in Mariota in there, uh, given the fact that Tannehill replaced Mariota. Um, I'm not going to say it scares Derek Carr. I think it puts a little bit of pep in his step for sure, because when Mark, when I mean, we we all know. Marcus Mariota was hot, you know, up until this past season when he, you know, got hurt and then started having trouble being consistent. Marcus Mariota was one dude that you didn't want to mess with for real as far as um, keeping the game at an intense level and keeping it, keeping the, you know, the competitiveness going. You know, sometimes we have a drop-off and, you know, unfortunately Marcus Mariota had his. Now he's going to Vegas to sit behind Derek Carr, and to be quite honest, Derek Carr hasn't quite isn't quite out of you know isn't quite out of that you know having to re-solidify my spot in terms of that because Marcus Mariota is uh, still a couple years younger than him, um, has a little bit more longevity left in him, and he's he's almost the same style of quarterback in terms of you know I'm. I wasn't a number one pick. I wasn't, and I mean, not so much that aspect, but I wasn't highly sought after until I got into the league. So your anticipation for him is what, that he's going to just wait to see if Carr fails and then he just, he'll just fill in at this point? Uh, yes, yes and no. I think, I think what's also going to happen um, with Mariota is, you know, his background, you know, he's, he's from Hawaii. He's from the same exact, you know, high school and, you know, um, background as far as playing, you know, early playing years is, is to a T. And both of them carry their, you know, their heritage and their adversities on their shoulder, and they use that to move them through to the next level. I think with Marcus Mariota having sat down, you know, having having that hard reality of I'm not the starter anymore, I think it's going to make him work. And I really think it's going to push Derek Carr to either step up his game or Marcus Mariota is going to come to Vegas and take his spot. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's going to make it more competitive for both, uh, making sure that, you know, and the Raiders need it because they have been so not good for so long that I think they really need that, uh, maybe a quarterback competition or a controversy in that regard. Um, maybe they need that really, you know, to kind of jumpstart them and do what they got to do. Um, the other thing we were talking about is, you know, tagging 
uh, the Titans tagging Derrick Henry, you know, obviously, obviously, they, you know, no-brainer. It's something that the Texans should have done with Hopkins, but they didn't. <laughs> so, you know, keeping Henry as a, a franchise tag, I guess it's, that's a good move for Tennessee as well. Oh, you know, Derrick Henry is my guy. If I had to have, like, a crush on any two people in the NFL, definitely Derrick Henry and definitely Christian McCaffrey. Oh, and the fact, I mean, I'm kind of glad that they tagged him because, I mean, any Derrick Henry comes from Alabama. <laughs> I mean, do I need, need I say more? You know, Derrick Henry is the definition of electric and the definition of what a blue-collar, hard-working running back and player does. Derrick Henry suits up. Derrick Henry doesn't complain. He runs through you, and if he doesn't run through you the first time, he's going to the second time and then some. He's, he's one of those players. He's one of those dynamic players that didn't quite – uh, that that didn't quite, you know, didn't quite get that huge limelight right after he got into the league. It took him a couple couple years to build that. I mean, obviously his his work ethic and skills and mindset and um, you know just overall um, work ethic, you know, carried with him from Bama to Tennessee, and now that he's cemented himself into Tennessee, like, this is my position. I am the starting running back, and nobody nobody in no force is going to, you know, essentially move me out of my spot unless something catastrophic happens, knock on wood. Um, it's just it's, – it's a good thing that they've tagged him, but he's going to get paid, and they're going to have to pay him very soon, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, and, and they need him, as you said before, because he is really a, a person that um, can make a big difference for them. And it's 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 he's just a beast. Ultimately, if they don't have him, and then if Tannehill really evolves, that's a, that's a really good thing for them in terms of that division. Yeah, and and that's why I'm I'm excited to see the Derrick Henry Tannehill show. Like I really am. Because we, I mean, we we know where we know where Tannehill came from. We know the kind of style that he had, you know, as far as playbook schemes, stuff like that, that he had to come to come to from Miami. And then he comes from Miami, comes up to Tennessee, and just rips it apart. Essentially, um, takes Mariota's spot and damn near gets to the Super Bowl, just so close. And you know, sometimes. And I think, to be honest, I think the Titans last year were about a year ahead of themselves. I don't think they have that problem this season. Yeah, I think they're going to be more of an exciting team and very competitive in that division. They have to uh, stay on track. I don't know what Houston's going to do at this point because Houston's kind of a mess with giving away, like, Hopkins. But, you know, maybe Johnson will be better and things like that. Yeah, you know, ooh, this is a tough one, and I kind of, I kind of want to hear your speculation first before I, I comment on it. All right, um, let me see if the coach is on right now. So let's go ahead and uh, see if the Sin City Trojans are here for us. Um, let's go ahead and see if we have. I believe we should have uh, Coach uh, Devin Jones on, as well as um, 
quarterback Lexi uh, DeMeo uh, on, on the call here. If you guys want to go to Zazzle, Zazzle's our sponsor of the No, no, no Joke Football Huddle. So you can go to Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. You can save up to 25% off at the No Joke Football Shop. So let's bring in the Sin City Trojans here. Uh, and we have uh, Coach Devin Jones in the house as well as quarterback Lexi DeMeo. How are you guys doing, guys? Doing good, doing good. Sorry about being late. We were actually in the middle of practice and totally spaced it no, out no for a few minutes. And then I stepped away. So you got us for a few minutes. No problem. Hey, hey Coach, um, anticipation for Saturday, is this, is this something that was pre-planned ahead of time or is it something that you just wanted to get done just to get some sort of, uh, you know, scrimmaging done? Um, it's, a, it's a little tough to hear you. Can you repeat your question one more time? I hear a lot of light chatter in the background. Sure. No, I'm saying uh, the anticipation for Saturday, is this something that you guys have pre-planned ahead of time here just to get the scrimmage in and since there is no season? Um, we, we reached out. What actually happened is there's a, there's a men's team in Vegas that's an eight-man semi-pro team, and they had a game scheduled with a team from Texas, and their coach from Texas found out that we had a girls' team here, so they asked us if we wanted to play. So literally the phone call came in probably – probably the first or second day of when, like, the COVID stuff hit. So we it, it was kind of scheduled, but it was penciled in depending on how the league would go. So as soon as the league pulled out for the for their reasoning, it just made sense for us to fill that slot and get these games going. Uh, Coach, is everybody hyped for this? Because there's obviously we have no football, everything's been canceled. Uh, what is your anticipation for this game for yourselves and the team? Um, I think I, I think I heard your question, but I'm not sure. I might not answer it right. If not, just to repeat it. Um, as far as the game goes, it is our. Go ahead. Are you on speaker right now, or? No, no. There's just it, there's some chatter like in the background. It sounds oh, like no like somebody's crunching stuff up. It's hard. To, it's real hard to hear you. Right. No, I was saying um, your 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 whole mindset for this game is just for get the scrimmage in, practice, since we haven't had a season uh, at all? Just something just to tune um, up? The thing with the Trojans is it's always game tempo for us. So for us, even though there's no, there's no season per se through the WFA, um, as an owner and as the coaching staff, we're trying to put together as many games as we can to give the girls something to still play for, even though the season wasn't able to happen. Um, we actually, as it sits now, we have six games scheduled with another five or six that we're waiting on confirmation from when they open up and stuff like that. Um, so we just want to play football, you know, and the circumstances were out of everybody's control and we couldn't help it. But at the end of the day, you know, we don't, we don't want to not be able to play. So we stuck it out. We tried to ride the, the, the COVID wave. And now that everything's leveling out and calming down, we want to get back to life and get to playing some more football. Coach, is it is it COVID non-restrictive out there in Vegas now? I mean, in terms of open businesses and stuff like that, so you're able to do these games with no somewhat no worries at all. Correct. Um, as far as it, it, it's not totally lifted, of course, but we are a couple phases ahead of a lot of the other places in the country, um, so we are okay to play. We do have to practice our social distancing and stuff as far as the fans and everybody else that's coming out which we're taking all the, all the steps necessary to make sure that everybody's safe as possible for the game. Um, but we're definitely within the guidelines. Um, that's actually what happened with the field change. I don't know if you noticed, but the game was originally supposed to be played at El Dorado High School, and we had right. to change the location because of with the, 
their, their school is going through their paperwork stuff because of the corona stuff that pushed everything back. So we weren't able to actually get on the field for the for that week. So luckily we were able to find another field and location to get the game in. All right, awesome. Um, you are you anticipating what six games? You said uh, not confirmed, of course, but you are anticipating to do something within a six game format or something. Uh, I plan on us playing for sure with the Trojans themselves. Uh, I plan on us playing at least eight to ten games, but I'm hoping to get twelve or so. Um, I've talked to a few different teams that we're planning on doing a home and away situation. Um, so the way it's going to work, we're going to play, we'll have one game that's coming up this weekend, and then we have a game at the end of the month. Um, one of the teams from New Mexico is coming into Vegas for us to play. So we're trying to do a one here, one there type situation. We're just trying to wait for everybody else in the nation to catch up as far as the corona stuff goes to where they can open up their facilities and everything else. All right. Um, Lexi, uh, are you excited for Saturday and get the squad going and throw some balls out there and all that good stuff? Hey, how's it going? Yes, we're all excited. I mean, I think the whole squad's ready to get out on the field and just show out. We've been waiting since our original first uh, scrimmage game was supposed to be March 21st, so it's about that time. So you've been practicing uh, with your running backs, your receivers, and all that. You put in the time at this point, even during the off season that I was canceled. Yes, um, we've been getting practices in here and there. You know, still um, following the social distancing. You know, but definitely been getting some work in with my receivers, getting those handoffs with the running backs. So we're excited to see it all play out on the field. All right, um, have you guys? Uh, brainstormed this team before or is it going to be a brand new thing for you like have you ever met this team before or had any video or film on this team you know to be honest i we know nothing about this team we're going in pretty blind but we're going in ready we always kind of stay ready you know so coach uh have you got any insights on the on this team at all or is it just like like lexi says here we're just going to just go into battle uh just knowing what we can do Right. I mean, honestly, um, even if it was a regular season game, we'll do a little bit of film watching from the coaches just to look for key player type situations. Um, but we're not big game film guys. Like, we're not going to try to put a scheme together to try to stop somebody else. We try our best to make them stop us and keep us from doing what we want to do. Um, but this game is tough, of course, because they are a first-year team. They don't have any film up. Um, it, it's, we're kind of going into the unknown here, which, I mean, in a sense, can be good for us, bad for them. I mean, because we're prepping as if we're about to go play the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're out here putting work in, trying to be the best that we can be. All right. Let me bring in Mac here to pick you guys' brain here. So Saturday's going to be a big day. Hey, guys, how we doing? Good. How about yourself? You know, I'm doing doing well. I'm excited that you guys get to play. And in fact, I'm really jealous. I'm not going to lie. Because I want to play <laughs> so bad, but – I'm just I'm glad that you know if I'm not able to play, you know me and my team aren't able to play that that you know somebody else in the sisterhood of of football is able to play. So I'm I'm pumped for you. Oh man, I'm so jealous. See, oh, see the key that. is so the key the key yeah. is though is everybody thinks about it wrong. Everybody's saying that they're not gonna play. They're not gonna play. No, we're all gonna play. We just have to play later. And if we can get everybody to think the same way. 
if you guys, if everybody thinks about it, the women's football season is only about three and a half to four months long from start to end. This is just pushing us back a little bit. I understand it might throw a couple obstacles in the way, but it can be done, you know. And, and, and I think that so many people have the attitude of, well, it's just done for us this year or there's just no possibility, but there is, you know. And, and it's going to be a little tougher. And, like, even with us, I mean, we're, we're, we're planning four or five road trips that are 12-hour drives. I mean, luckily we just got a team bus, but, you know, we're doing everything we can, and we're taking – whoever wants to play, if it's feasible and it's something that we can do, we just want to play football. And I think that if we can get everybody, like the passion that you have, how you said you want to play and you want to be out there, if we can get that to spread as much as the bad news and everything else that the corona was doing, everybody will be playing. It might not be in April like we're used to or whatever, but if we play in August and September, we're still playing football, you know, and you still have time to play some good games and still get a solid offseason in for next year, you know. I just I think we need to change the we can't get football done this year and just push it to where we can. We just have to find the time that works best for everybody, you know. I, I mean, wow. Yeah, you're so right, Coach, absolutely. I mean, I think in, in the short term, you know, we're not used to not having our own season, you know, spring, you know, winter, spring, you know, winter, spring, summer. And instead, mm-hmm. you know, just like you said, we're more than likely – you know, if we change our mindset, you know, and things keep, you know, digressing as far as cases and everything, you know, we may end up being able to have that later, you know, later summer, early fall um, game, you know, game time, whether it's, a, you know, whether it's part of a regular season or, you know, a week-long kind of thing. Like, just like you said, we all just want to play. So I can totally, I can totally agree with you on that. Um, just my, my one question for the both of you guys is, is what was your initial reaction when you – like when you and the team found out that, hey, like we're going to be able to play right, you know, kind of right now, like what was the thought process? Like did you guys feel rushed to try to get ready? Like what was that, that process and, and game plan like for you guys? I'll, I'll let Lexi jump on that first, and then I'll jump, I'll piggyback after, after seeing that. It's, sorry, it's kind of hard to hear, but I just want to make sure I understood the question. Um what what were our reactions to finding out that we were able to play? Was that the question? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, I am kind of, like, knew in my heart that we didn't know when we were going to play, but we kind of just knew that we were going to play, you know? That's kind of how the Trojans do. <laughs> um, so, you know, we always, like I said, we, we stay ready just in case because you never know. Football can pop up any time, and we're just ready to go out there and ball out no matter what, you know. Even if we didn't get to practice or we got to practice, we just got to stay ready. Keep that keep that same mentality. But to jump on, to jump on what she's saying, um, as far as when I got the news, of course, as an owner, there's nothing worse than having to tell your girls, hey, I'm sorry, all the work you guys put in, you know, something that's beyond our control we're not allowed to do what we love, you know. And as a coach and as an owner, when I got the news myself, I, I, I didn't share it with the girls right away. I, I got on the phone with my coaches. We talked a little bit. We kind of brainstormed together. And everything we do here with the Trojans is a family unit, so everything's discussed. We're real open-door policy. We, we put everything on the table. And after talking with the coaches, we decided, let's ask the girls, you know, what do the girls want to do? How does everybody feel about this and everybody feel about that? And we weighed all the options out. And to be honest with you, as an owner and as a coach, 
I didn't have much of a choice. My girls was like, we want to play. We don't care if we have to play in December. We want to play football. So as an owner, I mean, the, the, the family bond that we have here, I do anything I can for my girls, you know. And when they say that they want to play, if it's feasible, I don't care if we got to wait two months, if we got to drive 1,000 miles, I'm going to make sure that my girls get the football, you know. It, it's not fair, all the hard work and everything that they put in, and I don't at least try to match that as an owner, you know. And I'm not taking shade at any other owners or anything like that by any means at all. It, it's just the Trojans, we, we, we refuse to give up. And honestly, from, from jump when the COVID stuff hit, we were, you know, posting back and forth on the team page. We're not going to let the COVID beat us. Like, we refuse, you know, and we're going to wait it out. And if it gets to the point where there's nothing else that we can do, at least we did everything that we can, you know. And I'll be honest, from, from a lot of other owners and stuff, we got a lot of backlash, and I got all kinds of emails and DMs about how dare you try to put on games. It's not safe and, you know, all of that stuff. And at the end of the day, I mean, we're all adults. You know, and my girls decided that they wanted to stick it out, so we figured out a way. When when the guidelines were really strict and we could, we were really limited to the numbers we could get, we would practice in small groups all day long on Saturday. You know, we'd have five to six girls in one group. They'd come out, practice, work for an hour. They'd go home. We'd bring another group in. We just did everything that we could, you know, and when we found a closed door on playing football, we, we, we turned around and went back to the open door and seen if there was another way to make something else happen, you know, and it took a lot of hard work. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It, it took a lot of stuff and it took a lot of stress and, and a lot of stuff to, to, to make it happen. But at the end of the day, you know, the hard work's paying off. You know, we see football games on the schedule. We have dates on calendars of when we're going to play, you know, we're, we're, we're getting everything that we wanted minus the whole league aspect. Of course, everybody wants to play for a championship, but, at the end of the day, it's just playing football, you know, and we're going to have the same memories. We're going to have the same laughs, the same tears, the same blood on the jersey. You know, we're just not doing it for a ring. This year we're actually doing it for the love of the game, and it's honestly a beautiful thing. I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Whew. Man, well, I don't want to keep you guys too long. Thank you both so much for being able to uh, make the time to come on the podcast uh, tonight. And good luck this weekend. I'm excited for you. Go kick butt. Go get the job Appreciate done. It. Appreciate it. Now, while we have you on here, me and Lexi would love to take another time, even after the game, and actually sit down and really chit-chat with you guys and, and really have good conversation and everything. It was just today we got stuck here practicing, lost track of time, and we're never normally late. So we would love to make it up to you guys and give you guys a, a good podcast with the both of us, Undivided maybe after the game and talk about the game. And, you know, we have some more games here in the future, so maybe we can work some things out. Maybe you guys can work on coming out and seeing us live or something. All right, Coach. No, no problem. Looking forward to it. We understand how it goes with practice and things like that, so not a worry there. Um, looking forward to Saturday and the results. Uh, hopefully a Trojan win, right, uh, Ms. Lexi? Yes, yes. Hoping on that W. We'll bring it. We'll bring it. <laughs> We're bringing the W, okay. It should be good. Uh, I mean, hopefully they're excited too because, like you said, it's just a matter of doing that. So, uh, Coach uh, Jones, uh, great laboring for to get your team up and running, and uh, we're expecting, obviously, a 
great game on Saturday. Is it going to be like Facebook Live, or is it going to be anything live at all for for the game at all? Uh, Are you guys playing anything? Like- we're, we're working on trying to get a live feed situation out here. The only problem okay. with, again, the guidelines of everything, sure. they're nowhere near that essential area. So we're trying to find out what actually works for them and what can actually work for us. A lot of stuff so that we have planned. Delay mentality, huh? It might be where you exactly. some of it and just yeah, and just cut it. Exactly. All right. That's what we're hoping. All right. So either way it so, goes, you guys will get game film posted to the internet. All of that perfect. stuff will hit Facebook. We're just not sure on a live feed or not yet. All right, Lexi. Thanks again uh, for uh, doing your thing and helping us out as well with our brand and things like that. And you've been amazing. And uh, Coach uh, Jones, wish you well this Saturday and try to get the W and then and more football to come for us. That just brings joy to all of us. Perfect. Thank you guys for your time. We do appreciate it. And thank you for any of the attention. We love it here in Sin City. So we're looking forward to it, and we thank you guys. All right. Go Trojans Saturday. Thank you. See for the win. Appreciate it. You guys have a great one. Bye. All right, Mac. Uh, there you go. Trojans versus Seahawks on Saturday. Um the coach is right. I mean, if they want to play, you know, it's just inter- it's it's no different than flag intermittal stuff or games and stuff like that. That's a, that's a great news. Great news to that we're not going to have just one game. He's thinking about maybe having actually ten games throughout this whole season. So, uh, hats off to Vegas for putting on some, you know, girls football. I'm so jealous. Oh, I'm so jealous, but I'm I'm literally I'm I'm excited for them that they get to play. But I'm seriously green with MB. Not not gonna lie. And now yeah. I'm a little salty about it because that's what I do. I'm the salty one. All right, guys. Um, I know we talked about some, you know, the the Floyd tragedy. You guys can replay our podcast today. Kind of look into my thoughts at the beginning. We also talked to obviously Laura Cantu launching or she Cantu. A clothing line this Saturday, and you just uh, listen to Coach Jones and Lexi DeMeo coming up with, uh, with a Saturday scrimmage here. So if you missed any podcast, you can go back to last week's podcast. Three twenty two was very exciting with Coach uh, with the Commissioner Shelby and KK Matheny, and over two hundred. So you can go on TuneIn, Google Cast, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeart, and also GlobalWomenSports.com, including Spotify and Block Talk Radio. So for Mackenzie Brooks. The absent Nate Ward and Holly Custis, Oscar Lopez, we'll see you next week for the next podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.